0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber Reader and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls.
1: Mine are all from Lancaster. That's where Griner's family's from.
2: Lancaster. I mean, my ancestors. Lancaster. My family, mm-hmm. yeah. Lan- Lancaster.
0: Lancaster. My
2: Lancaster. D-A-R Lancaster. people. Yeah, D-A-R people. Whatever.
1: Stop your bickering. <laughs> God, you bunch of freaking teenagers.
0: We're not bickering. Be quiet.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't well, know where you heard that. When you that. hear
0: Donald Trump say it that way for so long. Oh,
1: he says it that way? Sort of like when yeah. George when George W. Bush would say. I think he
3: does it on. Nuclear. It's nuclear war. Nuclear war. Let's talk about the fact that I just don't like underwear anymore what's up with that so like all you of a sudden go you've commando? just what well you decided to go sans underwear no i bought some of these boy shorts you know because uh. when you when you have fat thighs you have a problem with pinching of the thighs with underwear and it's, it seems like even when i get the high cut underwear they still pinch my thighs and another thing that's fucking annoying as hell is they think if you're fat the gap between your legs is bigger too because what the
0: hell you know what i'm gonna do for you vonny i have the best boy shorts but they're like not boy shorts they're almost like you know the boxer briefs that men get to wear that's what i want is stuff like that i have i have some that i get on on amazon they're amazing you need to send
3: me the link or put it on the the uh, website or something, because... I will do both. They
0: I actually are great.
3: bought some, and I like the one... The only thing I don't like about the ones that I bought is that they're kind of short. The butt isn't big enough. So, like, yeah. by the time I pull it up so that my ass crack isn't showing, then the back of the boy shorts are, like, halfway up my cheeks. But once you put pants on, it does... You can't really... Right It's not really an issue, and they're not tight, so it's not like it's pinching my ass. I think cheeks. we just need to go back to the olden days when
2: everything was
1: made for you personally. but
2: I agree with that I statement. just don't so even, if your no. ass is a certain
1: size, then your tailor would make clothes to fit your own ass yeah. not every ass in the world. Would't that my be nice? I think it, you know what I am totally. Getting a personal tailor when we win the lottery. I
3: just don't even understand, though, why a manufacturer of underwear would think that the section of the underwear that goes between your legs needs to be bigger just because your underwear are bigger. It's like, dude, do you think that I'm a grower, (laughs) not a shower? I I don't understand.
2: (laughs) It probably has something to do with, like, how they have to sew it together. It probably has nothing to do with that, like... Really? i, n- I yeah. know but
3: we're talking like big enough that they like roll oh like on my Martha, inner thighs you know and that's just not no uh,
1: and, my mother
3: sewed and then if it's like winter time and you haven't like trimmed any of that area then your pube hairs are getting caught in there and you're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> pulling my your pube hairs Nelly, out. i don't even have to get well. a brazilian
0: just put it on some underwear like- <laughs> You know, like those really old T-shirts that are so soft, mm-hmm. like, and she finds funny sayings and she makes her own underwear, like her whole family's underwear she makes them. <laughs> and they're perfect because she just measures their bodies.
1: She says, excuse me, could you uh, spread just a little bit? I need to measure proper. Yeah, there was a girl <laughs>
0: trying on. It would be, it would be really weird if you were like, I don't know, if you, hired a tailor for that stuff. Like on Friends when like he's heavy. Oh yeah. It yes. was definite cuppage. That's <laughs> how they do pants.
3: They <laughs> move it over and then do the other side.
2: <laughs> there was a girl that bought like cheap swimsuits or something that she was on TikTok and she was like, let's model these swimsuits. And they were so bad. And she was like kind of petite. Like she was fairly skinny. And these suits she was I wish I could remember her username but it was hilarious because she literally was like this suit gives me lady balls because it's like pushing all the fat from my ass to the <laughs> front what the uh, hell uh, <laughs> I want lady balls I was just gonna
0: say man that's right if anybody's got a set of lady it go, balls it would go very uh, nicely with my
1: detachable
0: penis
2: Well, and then somebody and then Ooh. somebody told her tried putting the swimsuit on backwards to see if it fit better so then I she saw th- that you saw that it one it did not fit better no and so then it was like a jail. Dress like where it came, like all. And she's like holding it together because that was supposed to be the back. Uh-huh. And then she's like, "But the lady balls are gone, so that's a plus."
3: <laughs> I just don't even yeah. understand how they, why they even, do they not design these for people? No. Do they, they don't look at people when no. they design these clothes? She
2: was like, "I'm." She's, she couldn't even like turn all the way around because she didn't want to get a video taken down for like community guidelines. So she was like, "And again, my whole ass is out of the suit. <laughs> like, yeah. what's oh happening?" <laughs>
0: Well, they make swimsuits for people who are size two. They don't make swimsuits for people who are like. Well, See,
1: that's the thing I don't understand. It's like, you know what? I'm not super skinny, but I'm not super big. But I cannot find a swimsuit that does not make me look ridiculous.
0: Because swimsuits are only for the super skinny. I mean, like
1: the biggest problem I have is with the way they're cut. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: you put on a swimsuit and and it cuts your legs off. Mm-hmm. because huh. they're so tight right there if you get them big enough if you get them small enough in the boobs then they don't fit your ass then they don't fit your ass then you, yeah. you look like you know somebody put a string around your biscuits yeah or something you know just pooches out all over the place and it's super uncomfortable
3: and it's not attractive at all no
1: and so i you know what i do I buy board shorts, and I just don't give a damn. If they actually look at me like I'm insane. They I'm like, have
3: bathing that. suits now that are shorts like that. Because I, that's what I I buy. just I just yeah, bought but, some. They but had those in
2: what? the '90s as well. It was My a whole trend. My issue
3: with those is is they're too short. No, no, I'm talking about no, they come no. down to your knees.
0: Oh, now that's I just what bought I'm talking some. About. Here, I'll show oh, you. Oh yeah, they make those now. I you know ordered who makes a really good pair that you would like? Lands End makes them. Really. Yeah. I wonder if they could deliver them
1: before my vacation, which is in like a week. Probably. Uh, Oh, wait, I'm on vacation right now. I'm time traveling. That's right. I'm at the lake right now. And people are looking at me like,
3: cover that up. (laughs) Look at them biscuits back there.
1: Her biscuits are broken.
3: (laughs) Somebody done popped her can.
1: (laughs) Somebody stuffed them bitches back in there. That's obscene.
0: The only problem when you go that way, is see, uh, then you you buy shorts but oh. then you also buy a top and you have to buy them separate some like that those are like bikes sh- those look like bike shorts
1: yeah 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 i bought some like that we'll see when they get here i got them from uh probably amazon because that's pretty much where i order yeah. just about everything no i ordered them from zoo i want
0: to go back to the days when we wore like the things like the weird fluffy things down to like right above like <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, oh, like, the pet the yeah, like the prison guard looking like the petticoats weird
0: things like i'd look okay oh, I click don't I... tell me they come the day after you leave
1: oh that's gonna really just
0: grind, grind her gears. my
1: gears <laughs> it grinds my gears i'm peter griffin and that really grinds my gears
2: so denver speaking of trips oh my god i'm so that's
3: excited. why i bought a bathing <laughs> suit i haven't bought a bathing suit in like 10 years i bought a bathing suit for our trip just in case i was
1: gonna say was there a bathing plan that i didn't know about i mean if everybody wants to to go
3: swimming then i can't say sorry guys is there a pool at our yeah you have
2: a pool at your hotel
3: hotel yes
1: oh well maybe we could read on the deck
2: it's an indoor pool it's denver (laughs) i'm sure
1: yeah that's a good point (laughs) we could all sit around and read at the pool
3: i haven't been in a pool in so freaking long it's my happy place
0: yeah.
3: i used to swim all the time i mean i do like to swim it's just it's like i said reset. i it's just so hard to find bathing suits that yeah
2: ba- the bathing suit is like the universal problem it, it is even my like race suits I that i get now are getting difficult listen to you
3: don't have enough chub rub to even be where i'm at okay i don't know you guys, stop your fucking chubra
2: bickering.
0: Okay? <laughs> I know they make a they make a deodorant for that, like a stick. What I need man. to
2: do is stop if you're drinking in, hot chocolate and if you're take a in the, pool, the gym. It, If
0: you're in the
3: pool, it doesn't really. I mean, it washes off. So, Cut
2: Boulder. Um, so yeah, it's what two weeks? Oh my gosh, it's, no, three, it's like weeks. Oh, three weeks. Three weeks. It's like three weeks three, away. Four weeks. August
1: fourteenth. Actually, we're gonna get there on the thirteenth. Man, and I hope we, I can find a dog sitter. And, and we've got our hotel booked and we're going to be at trident booksellers and cafe on the 14th from noon to two we're so excited we've got a bunch of new book girls that have liked our page and are getting ready to join us at the event yeah
0: and it's we're, gonna be awesome we're so excited we, we picked our books
2: mm-hmm.
0: yes
2: have i'm excited about my book picked our books. Picked it it. some of us have picked our books Martha. oh yeah i picked Bye. my i picked my so we're, we're gonna be in boulder for the weekend the whole weekend <laughs> we we're gonna do a live show there may be an escape room planned in there yep i think we've got all oh, right a, for
1: sunday morning we're, we're talking about going to estes park to see the stanley
3: hotel talking about we better be freaking doing
1: it well we want to do the ghost the ghost thing and we got I, saturday night i want to make sure that we can get that we got bookstores to visit we have yeah what if you think of some ideas if you're from colorado and you've got ideas for us of things that we should do and see while we're there we would love to hear some feedback from you on our facebook
2: page i'm going to go to the capitol building because i always go to the capitol building for like when it's wherever I am. And there's a marker at the Capitol building that tells you when you're a mile high.
0: We could join the mile high club without <coughs> having to be on an airplane. You
1: could. Yep, you could. But I think there might be an a city ordinance against doing that sort of oh. thing in public view. So you know, just find a bush. Find Aww. some bushes.
2: Throwback to last week's episode, the uh unsinkable Molly Brown has a house in Denver.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Well, the whole area is just so beautiful, you guys. I mean, I go through
1: there every single year. My friend Jim lives there. My friend Connie lives there. My niece lives there. Uh, who else? So
2: Martha really just made this side My trip Joe to see lives her lives entire there. family without having to make much effort.
3: No,
1: that's not
2: uh, Maybe she just true. wants to
3: include us with her family because we're like family or she's trying to scare her family
2: off by bringing all of us with her (laughs) probably (laughs) or scare us off by meeting your family denver
3: is actually the closest
1: big city to casper which is where i was born so trips to denver to see concerts and stuff were extremely common let's see what else it's just gonna be fun i'm excited
3: i've never been to colorado Huh? Except it's me so beautiful there, so you guys. Pretty.
1: It is so beautiful. It's one of those places where you look off into the distance and it's just covered with these big beautiful mountains. That's what it's, I want to see. It's I just breathtaking, it.
2: especially if you're from a flat, boring place like Oklahoma, where <laughs> there know, really keep, are no mountains. People keep telling me Oklahoma's flat, yet my driveway would disagree. Yeah. Oh no, well. the hills in Oklahoma have <laughs> nothing. We have, nothing, hills, we have but, no the, the yeah. yeah. No, they're not mountains. But I comment because we've had so much rain. I've had water issues at my house, and I was like, "This state is flat as flat can be, yet I have drainage problems in my yard. What the fuck?" Seriously, <laughs> the hill
3: going out of the town that I grew up in in New York—if it snowed, you would go up the hill and you would eventually stop going forward and, just and start back. going back. Yeah, because
1: like that. It has hills
3: because like that. it's steep.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yep. They would close down the hill. It, it was called Mayville
0: Hill mayville hill i have, hill. I have had to go and rescue my children from school buses in the winter yeah yeah because they get stuck yep. and they can't go the any further and i've had to mm-hmm. take my like big old truck out and go and get them off the bus used to go, along with their friends we used <laughs> yeah. to go
1: deliver presents to disadvantaged children in the station van when i lived in casper and it was the same thing we would start going up the hill and it was a rear
3: wheel drive van <laughs> And it would yeah. just start going, fish tail, <laughs> <down>. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just go back down. Mm-hmm. I feel like sliding backwards
2: in the snow on a hill is like the winter equivalent to Oklahomans who continue to drive through floodwaters
1: Turn around, yeah. don't drown. Like, Turn around, I feel like don't it's drown. The same oh process. my god, I'm drowning.
2: Yeah, it's like don't Dumb try ass. to go up the hill, you're gonna roll back down. Don't go through the fucking water. <laughs> like, and yeah. you
3: know that there's people that do it. I
1: know every time. <laughs> yep, every, every time every
2: time.
3: I know. All right, we
1: gotta get back to Colorado. Colorado.
2: So yeah, come come join us. We have um hotel information on the three book girls book tribe Facebook page we've got uh stuff posted on our social media accounts about the event you can always message us through facebook or instagram or wherever you may be following us tiktok whatever it is we want to meet you we want you to
1: become a part of our three book girls book tribe which is getting bigger and huger every single day yes now is huger a word it is now okay because i
3: said it okay (laughs) -er.
1: huger huger more massiver.
3: <laughs> if I said that, you would correct me. That's
2: so why I corrected largely, her. So largely, bigly, huge. Oh my god! Did you read a biglier book this week? I, I read
3: trauma porn. Keith, Whoa. I'm gonna warn you right now. This is we, a. We well, know the what. Baby wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. We almost need like a musical intro for my
2: trauma da, porn da, da. Book that
0: goes
2: trauma porn with Vani. <gasps> Or a sound wow. of a yeeting child into a river. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just some very sad sobs in the background. No, you need you just need like the like they're walking in the grass sound and then like a like splat.
1: <laughs> now,
0: proceed.
1: <laughs> Echo, what's the theme song for the state of Colorado?
0: Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. Rocky
1: Mountain High by John Denver was also- a- The
0: second official state song is also Where the Columbines Grow.
1: I've never heard that one. Me neither. Where the Columbines Grow- Bonnie, oh, save the snowy us. Snowy
0: peaks gleam in the moonlight above the dark forests of pine and the wild foaming waters dash onward toward lands where the tropic stars shine where the scream of the bold mountain eagle responds to the notes of the dove is the purple-robed west, the land that is best, the pioneer land that we love. Tis the land where the columbines grow, overlooking the plains far below, while the cool summer breeze and the evergreen trees sw- softly swing, sing where the columbines
1: grow. Megan's snoring, so I guess that's uh, out. Yeah, that song is Rocky really, Rocky really Mountain 1911 baby in Colorado no it doesn't help to take the headphones off <laughs> I, I thought it was only lead blowjobs that made Megan take her off.
2: Martha's terrible singing <laughs> well, but then it's now it's in stereo if I take them off it's terrible listen all of this
3: bad singing is not going to make my book any happier than what it is all
2: right okay, hey, okay. Go God boat. get us out of this quagmire <laughs> Giggity, Unless you're leading us into a new one that I don't know. <laughs> giggity, giggity. Um, <laughs> it just took me a minute. I got there. The book that I read, of course, is
3: historical fiction because why not? The Forgotten Home Child by Genevieve Graham, and uh, this is kind of a history of a very sad event that happens in Canada. So this is shout out to our Canada people. Woo woo woo
0: woo. Trouble board
3: for you. <laughs> Yep. Here's some very sad history for you. Here you
1: go, Canadians. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) What do you hear about this? Hold my beer.
2: I think I might know where this story might be going, and it might be very timely. Continue. Might be timely? Mm -hmm. You think so? I don't know. I'll tell you in a minute. So just some history of what the home
3: children are. Between 1869 and 1932, over 100,000 children were sent from uh, Britain to Canada through Assisted Juvenile Immigration, they're called home children because they were sent from like children who lived in homes for the homeless or orphanages and and stuff like that. And basically, a lot of them were sent to families who lived in rural areas and had farms. And because um, child mortality rates were so high, it
2: was cheap labor this is not where i thought this was going but continue
3: oh where did you think
2: i i was thinking it might be the story about the indigenous children
3: oh no no no
2: but i feel like this is going to be just as tragic Oh,
1: this one's i've i've actually i actually read a thriller years ago where it uh the investigator had to travel from britain to canada because he was tracking one of those children. Ooh. The home I'm children? i mean, yeah, That was, a, that was a really, really great novel, but go ahead. Oh, okay. I don't remember the name of it. Though.
3: Okay, now mind you, a lot of the children who went to these homes weren't necessarily orphans. A lot of times because um, their families were so poor, the parents couldn't take care of them because they didn't have enough food to feed them and everything, so they would take them to one of these homes to pick them up later and um, what was happening is in some of the cases not all of the cases they were sending them to Canada and then when the parents went to pick them up they weren't there so then the parents spent years and years and years looking to find out what happened to their children so that's kind of what this book is about now that I sent the background let me get on to the trauma
2: I feel like there is no shortage of trauma in this book. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just telling you what this book is about is enough, but there's more. Mm -hmm. So this book starts in present time, which when this was written, it was uh, 2018. Winifred Ellis is 97. She is moving in with her granddaughter and her granddaughter's son her great-grandson, I guess, um, to live with them because she's, you know, she's old. She needs help with stuff. And when they're moving them in, one of her very old trunks that they're carrying dump out. So she kind of takes that as a sign and decides to finally tell her family her whole history because she's never really told anybody about being a home child or anything like that so then it goes from there to 1936 and winifred or winnie comes from an abusive home so basically she's coming from an abusive home in london and she runs away now she's like maybe like 10 11 at this time to live on the streets And um, she befriends Mary and Jack, which is a brother and sister who also live on the streets. And I can't remember the story behind why they live on the streets, but they're street children, basically. And so they kind of all look out for each other, and they survive by basically stealing so that they can eat. And eventually, you know, they're caught by the authorities, and they're sent to the orphanage and everything and from the orphanage they're sent to dr bernardo's barking side home for girls is where mary and winnie is sent and jack is sent somewhere else i can't remember where he's sent and there's they stay there for probably about three years and basically they kind of like it there they are fed they're treated halfway decent they're not abused they have clothes. They have beds. I mean, even though they're just a number and a group of many, at least they're not hungry and cold. Yeah. So um, they kind of make friends with a few other people. One of the little girls that they're friends with that Winnie kind of tries to watch out for because she's much younger is a little girl named Charlotte. And they're all sent from this home for children to Canada. And after that, it's not that pretty of a picture. They're sold to farmers as work hands, basically, like indentured servants. But children. But they're children. And these kids come from the city, from living on the streets of London, into this farm situation where they don't even know how to do the things that they're being asked to do. And then when they do them wrong, they're beaten. Like Winnie, they take her where she goes she has to milk cows. She's never seen a cow in her life. And she has to learn how to milk them. And the first time that she milks them, she takes too long milking them. So they give her dinner to the dogs. And she doesn't, basically, she doesn't get to eat. After working the farm all day long, she doesn't get dinner because she took too long. Because she doesn't know what she's doing. I wouldn't even treat a adult like that. I couldn't even imagine treating... A little kid, I mean, right. who obviously doesn't know what they're doing. And they won't let her sleep in the house. She has to sleep in the sheep barn. So it's it's just a lot of the stories about Winnie. It's actually told from the standpoint of Winnie, Mary, and Jack. Um, now, all of the home children that are sent over, they're not all in a situation like that. Charlotte actually goes into a home of a couple who can't have children, so they decide to adopt an older child instead of a baby, and that's where she's adopted. So she actually has a really good home life. So even though uh, Mary and Jack and Winnie's situations are bad, Charlotte actually has lucked out. And the um, author does a really good job of telling the story of the home children through these characters because like I said not all of them went to
2: horrible situations
3: okay
2: so is it bad that it makes me feel better when it's not said in the US because it makes like
3: <laughs> yeah but you know stuff like that happened oh in I the know US it, too. I totally
2: <laughs> totally know it happened but it makes but me it wasn't us. yes <laughs> exactly. right yeah well
3: the home children were sent they weren't just sent to Canada they were sent to like Australia yeah. and
2: the the Column, New Zealand the, um, and... Commonwealth countries.
3: Right. Yeah. So they were sent to a lot of different places, but this one's based based on the one sent to Canada. And it's about how they survive, how it changes them as adults. Um, because, of course, after being in such an abusive situation for as long as you are, you have trust issues, you have mm-hmm. PTSD, but, of course, they don't know what that is. No. And they don't understand why they're angry when they just want, they just want to be normal. They just want to be kids. I mean, they want to be accepted. And a lot of the people in Canada, not only did they get a lot of prejudice thrown against them because they're home children, they also get a lot of prejudice because they're British. So even when they got older and they went out to try to find jobs on their own, the Canadians wouldn't hire them because they were from Britain and they had accents. So they couldn't That's crap. Just trigger warnings. This obviously has a lot of abuse. Not all the home children live. And I mean, I can't tell you who because that would not be right. The author does a really good job of catching you right from the beginning. I kind of like it when it's an older person who's reflecting on their life. I like it when it's told that. I've I've read another book that was like that, and I really loved that book too and she does a really does good you know job. they lived, <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like reading the the last chapter okay they live now i can read the rest of the story <laughs> and she does a really good job at representing the different situations from the home children and weaving in history along with the fictional characters uh, some of the landmarks that she talks about actually do exist for the home children um yeah, and it was really good. And it's basically just Winifred reflecting on her life and telling her granddaughter and her great grandson about her story, about what happened to her. Wow. And yeah, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great story. If you can get over the trauma porn.
1: <laughs> Some people like that, Bonnie. I don't then- know why.
3: It is a wonderfully, wonderfully written story. I like this. I might look up some more of her stuff and see what else she's written because I really like her writing style. So, of course, this was a five-star read for me.
2: This mm-hmm. is one that I'll remember
3: for a
1: while, yeah. I think. Well,
2: sounds like it.
3: I really wish I could
1: remember the name of the fiction novel that I read that had the story of that because it was really good. Yeah. Because that was before we started doing the
3: podcast. That was a while ago. Uh Well, it was, it was, it was an excellent book. I definitely would recommend it to anyone who likes like, um, the orphan train or any of the, like before we were yours, I think people who like that book would like this book and you know how much I love that book. I've talked about that before, but, and that was called the forgotten home child by Genevieve Graham. Awesome.
2: Keith, tell us you have something to bring the room up. I was just gonna
0: say, what the hell would y'all do if I didn't have books that brought up the room? I mean, what if I you would were have like and to- have
3: to quit reading just trauma porn?
2: <laughs> we have to start, My baby. I feel like that's one of our our sayings, Keith. What do you have to bring the room up? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> we
1: well,
0: should- enough of My- Bonnie,
1: Keith. Paul, bring
0: us back up throw again. A baby in the river.
1: <laughs> I think we all should have little intros. And now Keith brings the room up
0: with. Well, the book I read is called "The Baby Dies."
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, she did. She did read. They both die at the end, so she has brought the room down before. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Okay, so the book I read this week is called "Aggie the Horrible versus Max the Pompous Ass."
1: Seriously, that's the that's the name (laughs) of
0: the book. That's that's freaking
3: awesome! Wow. (laughs)
0: And that's exactly why I read it. I was like, okay, that's the best title ever. Gotta read that book by Lisa Wells. So this book, of course, has a woman named Aggie who, I don't know, I don't think she's horrible, but so Aggie, it comes from the wrong side of the tracks. Like literally there are train tracks in Kansas city separating the bad part of town from the good part of town. And they live right on the other side of the tracks in the terrible part of town. And uh, she lives with her grandmother because her mother kind of abandoned her when she was really little. And she hasn't seen her mother since and has never known her father. Um, And then Max, who is our other main character, he is like way from the other side of the tracks. He grew up with money, grew up in a great house, all the stuff, trust fund baby. So the thing that they have in common is that they have two amazing grandmothers. Max's grandmother is called Grandmother. <laughs> and Aggie's grandmother is called Meemaw. Meemaw! And the two them,
1: she must be from I Texas. Know. And she
0: she has a Southern accent, but she's not from the South. She just, um, like Meemaw has had many, many jobs. She has, and she worked for four years for a woman with a Southern accent. So she just kind of adopted it. And uses it to this day, but so Max has his own company. He's like almost a millionaire. He has this insane light company where he buys property and builds up on the property and then sells it very quickly. And he needs an assistant. Aggie has had like seven jobs in the last 15 months. Can't keep a job for whatever reason. And her grandma and Max's grandma are best friends. Plus, they think there might be a little something-something between the two of them if they ever meet. So Max is looking for this assistant, and his grandmother says, hey, I'm calling in the favor. First right, level friend request. Not just a favor, the favor. And he's like, crap. So I have to give an interview to this woman. And then Mimo says to Aggie, she says, you really need a great job and I know the perfect place. So she's like, please, as a favor to me, you love me, don't you? Go and interview for this job. So Aggie really doesn't want this job because her grandma set her up with it. So she goes and she's dressed really inappropriately, like super short skirt. She is on bright orange, like eyeshadow. <laughs> her, her hair is all crazy. And Max really doesn't want her to take this job So Max, uh, instead of interviewing her, makes her fill out this like really intense personality questionnaire that a friend gave him, like takes an hour to fill out. And he makes her do it in this really stuffy room with no air conditioning.
1: Oh, man.
0: So she doesn't want the job and she's trying to throw him off. He doesn't want her to take the job. And neither of them realizes that the other is trying to sabotage them. So, of course, she ends up getting a job because she's not backing down, and he can't force her to back down. And so the whole book is basically about how he really doesn't want her to work for him, and he keeps trying to figure out reasons to fire her. And she really doesn't want to keep this job, but she wants to do such a great job that she proves to him that she's not just some piece of trash girl from the other side of the tracks it is a really fun story i mean aside from of course there is romance in it. it's like an enemies to lovers kind of thing but the grandmothers are hysterical they're the sweetest little old ladies and there is so much of the whole I came from nothing, you came from everything, we shouldn't be friends, we shouldn't date, but screw that kind of thing, which is really sweet. I mean, both in the relationship and with the grandmothers, because like one grandmother is country club lady. And I mean, grandma, Mima, who works three jobs, she would never get into the country club, you know? But they don't care. So it's very, very sweet. It's got a whole lot of lessons about judging people from different walks of life. And again, that was called Aggie the Horrible versus Max the Pompous Ass by Lisa Wells. I love it.
1: It's like you expect there to be a a boxing ring and an announcer (laughs) where the microphone comes down on a bungee cord. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) And
2: in this corner...
0: Well, and you know exactly what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them's horrible. You know, one of them's a pompous ass.
2: I mean, that is a really creative title.
1: Extremely. (laughs) I think you are almost the queen of the creative title,
0: Keith. My genres have a lot of creative titles. I mean, they can do that as opposed to like a Vonnie book, which I mean, if it was like how to eat a baby, that would be really terrible.
3: They'd probably get censored. The
0: people that
1: read her books don't understand yeet. <laughs> For those of you who have no idea what a yeet is, look it up at Urban Dictionary. That will help you out a little.
2: Yep.
3: So, what is it?
2: When you throw things, you, you yeet yourself. It. You throw oh, yourself. Oh, I knew
3: that. I'm sorry. Why would the people that read my books not know that? Do you think they're stupid? No, no. they're just over I didn't age of 40.
1: <laughs> Serious people. People who use a regular dictionary versus the slang dictionary of the moment. Hey, 40 to 60-year-old dads can be cool. Yeah, but they probably had to look that up.
0: I just can't say throwing a baby. It sounds better when I say yeet because then yeet. somebody might think, Oh, that means kissing the baby, you know, yeah, it sure maybe does. it's not bad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's what it means.
1: Yeah. yeah Keith what is, what is never going to forgive Bonnie for making her read that book. <laughs> never. I
2: thoroughly enjoyed that book.
1: Honestly. There was a Ken Follett
2: book for those of you who M- may be new to us. Bonnie is up enjoying it. in love I with mean, Ken Follett. But
0: if the baby had lived, I don't think it would have killed the book.
3: To be fair, in another one of the books of the Pillars of the Earth series, another baby does get thrown. It just gets caught. Dude, I was so
0: happy when that baby didn't die. I can't explain. Yeah, I would have come after you if that baby had. died. I was like, no, no, no. Well, that's why
3: I told you. I'm like, all right, there's a baby thrown in this book, but it lives. I promise. I know that's a spoiler, but. Keith will it never forgive me said that
1: or i would have died <laughs> so megan uh are we going to fantasy
2: land or ya land we're going to ya land but again this week we find ourselves in ya historical fiction land oh, and yeah. this is a book i actually got recommended by i believe her name was jennifer she, um, was on one of our Friday night calls a couple weeks back. And I was like, how have I never heard of this book? And I need it immediately. So I got on Libby and put a hold on it. Cause the audio wasn't even out yet when she wow. said that. So it's no Jennifer. pretty new. And if I got your name wrong, I'm sorry. That was, I've slept since then. Um, or not
1: slept. And I wasn't there, so I can't back <laughs> her up. Cause I was actually gone that week on vacation. Yes.
2: So. I am reviewing Angel of Greenwood by Randy Pink. Fireworks. It's the 3rd of July. At 7.20. It's not even dark. You may hear some fireworks from time to time. (laughs) So we meet Angel Hill. She's 16 years old. She is living in the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921. She is your average 16-year-old girl. She's, you know, th- she's living in the in a fairly affluent part of Tulsa. Um, the Greenwood district was known as Black Wall Street. Bonnie just did a book about this as well, not that long ago. Still want to go there. We will, I will give you the grand tour. And she has not a super easy life by any means. Her father is basically terminally ill, but they're kind of hiding it from everybody in Greenwood. They're trying to kind of act like everything's okay. So she's taking on a lot of the pressure of helping her mother care for her father. They have a neighbor who has a newborn who's like super colicky and she somehow always ends up being the only one to be able to like calm the baby. So she takes on a lot of responsibility for a 16 year old in her community. And we also have Isaiah Wilson. He's 17 and he is like best friends with like the town troublemaker so everyone kind of has written him off as well because they're like well he's friends with him like they're both assholes like can't wait till they graduate and get the hell out of Greenwood because they're driving us all crazy so Isaiah and Angel don't really run in the same circle at all one day Isaiah gets kind of dragged to church Um, they go to the Mount Zion Church in Tulsa or in Greenwood rather and it's like Sunday school so it's before the main church service and angel actually is performing a dance as part of her like worship service and he falls head over heels for angel like he is like fascinated by her he's like how have i never noticed how beautiful she is before why did we pick on her so much like he just instantly just falls for her after this dance um but of course he's like the, the bad guy kind of the troublemaker. So. He can't... He doesn't know how to approach her. She can't figure out why all of a sudden he's trying to talk to her. It's very just normal things happening. Now, there there's some foreshadowing of terrible to come. They keep talking about how the clouds are changing. Something bad is coming. Uh, there's a interaction with Angel and some of the white kids from across the, uh, on the other side of town. Um, she's actually trying to take a set of crutches home to her dad. And they kind of kind of corner her as she's heading home um isaiah watches from his window and doesn't act that's like kind of his moment of like what kind of person am i if i just like stay in the house like i'm kind of i'm not helping her and they of course break her crutches and she has to return home without them for her father um that's sad it's super sad but there's that's just, just this underlying like something's coming which hmm. most of us know at this point especially in this in the past year a lot of us have learned a lot about greenwood so it, You're reading it and just like waiting because you're like something it's going to happen. I know where, where, how this story is going to end. But what I liked about it was that it showed just how normal everything was before. And as the book goes on, it's like five days before, three days before. So it's counting down as you're getting to the race massacre that took place in Greenwood. And it's kind of like right before the water boils
3: you just see a couple of bubbles yes. and and a couple of more and you know eventually it's going to be a rolling
2: yeah mess of water and steam exactly um so of course that that matches lit by um that's kind of a terrible word but it works uh because literally they burn Greenwood District to the ground. There, there's a, some sort of interaction that happens between a white woman and um, a younger black man in an elevator in, in Tulsa, and that sets off this whole massacre that soon follows. Um, and Isaiah and Angel in this story, and I'm not sure if they're based off of actual people in the area or if she just kind of created characters to fit into her narrative. I, I didn't dive that deep but Isaiah basically is awake and realizes that the town is burning, that they're coming in and burning Greenwood and angel wakes up or is still awake and actually sees one of the white guys like out her window with a torch. And she's like, what the actual fuck is happening? Um, So I don't want to give too much away about where people end up and how things go, um, but it really shows just like the chaos and the panic because it was dark. It was night. No one knew what was really happening. They just knew we need to get out and we, we have to figure out which way is out and then have to figure out if we're heading towards danger or away from it because Greenwood is 36 blocks, I think, if I remember correctly so it was quite a, an area. It wasn't just like, here's two roads. It, it was, was big. it was a huge, it was huge space. Um, for those who are familiar with Tulsa, it would have been basically, um, where the Tulsa Drillers baseball stadium sits now going east from there. Um, and Greenwood district is still, it, uh, still an area in Tulsa. It's coming, it's, It's definitely gotten some love over the past years. People have learned more about what happened there and they've restored a lot more things. Um, For me, what I really wanted in this book that, and maybe because I listened to it on audio, I really wish there was a map because, (laughs) and maybe it's because you like maps. I love maps, but (laughs) also because I'm very familiar with that area of Tulsa. I spend a lot of time in Tulsa. Um, So when they're talking about places, I know where those places are. So she didn't give a lot of, like, cross streets. She would just say, like, Greenwood Avenue. Well, Greenwood Avenue is, like, Main Street of Greenwood. And I, for me, I wanted to be able to say, like, oh, I've stood on that corner. I know exactly where she's talking about. So that was probably more of a me problem than an anybody else problem or people who are, are very familiar with Tulsa. So I found a map of 19 – because I wanted to know where the church was because there's another church I'm more familiar with in the, close to the same area. So I was like, okay, they're not at Vernon M.E., so where are they where's this other church? Um, so I found a map and it made me happy because um, I was like, OK, I know where I am now in the city and can place it. So that that for me would have been helpful. And maybe it's in the, hard, in the like the hardback version. Uh, but I just really enjoyed it. She dropped some things that have always been question marks for people from a historical perspective, um, which I feel like to some extent were presented as like fact. Like this is what happened. And I don't know if they happened or they didn't happen. They very well could have happened. Um, she, they were talking about the planes flying over and that they were saying that they were dropping bombs on Green on Greenwood, uh, from the air. I've heard that theory before. I've read it multiple different places. There were 27 planes in like the entire state of Oklahoma at that time. Cause I Googled it. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying it did happen, but for me, that was the only glitch for me was that she told the story as if that were fact. So that was my only kind of critique. As far as, like, historical accuracy goes. So you didn't know if
3: it was completely accurate? Yes. Or if it was embellished? Yes. Because I didn't hear the bomb thing on the Greenwood books that I read. Yeah. I just heard that they were shooting from the planes. Yes. That's what I heard.
2: Yeah. So there's some... I mean, we'll never know. It's, you know, unless we can invent a time machine and walk right back into it. Uh, So for me, that being presented as fact was a little disorienting because... It we makes you know. kind of shake your head. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. she could have said, hey, this is what we think. But it was like, this is what happened. And I was like, I don't think that, maybe it did. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. But overall, I really liked it. I liked the fact that it portrayed a very normal town going about their everyday business in the middle of May and June in Oklahoma. It, they were talking about how hot it was and all that. So um, a great story, a great lesson to be learned. Um, good information for if you've got YA people who really like history and want to learn a little bit more about it, I would highly recommend this book uh, to give them that historical aspect without having to read like a nonfiction um, or books that are just maybe too old for them. And that is angel of Greenwood by Randy pink. Sweet. Speaking of time machines. Oh. No, I don't have
1: I don't have a time machine. You oh, <laughs> got <laughs> yeah, our hopes awesome. all up. You know I usually do have a time machine in my pocket. I not know how one today do. though. Oddly enough, I have gone for some detective fiction this time. And you know that, that is that one of my very favorite things to do is not only to choose a detective novel, but one set in another country because it feels like traveling to me. Mm -hmm. So this week, we're going to Ghana. And the book is called The Missing American by Quay Quarty. I probably got the name wrong, but I apologize for that. Book caught me right away, especially because I kind of, I knew that it was going to be a series, which is the other thing I felt excited about, because I do like going back again and revisiting the characters, The character is a young woman named Emma in Ghana, and her father was a police investigator. And so she is in the police, and she's very keen to become a a homicide detective like her dad. Well, she kind of says something to her supervisor about being interested, but she's really young. She hasn't been in the police for very long. And to her great surprise and delight, she gets called into the big boss's office, like the main cop guy. And he starts interviewing her. The captain?
3: <laughs> Shut up. The main police guy?
1: The main police guy. I can't remember if he was called a captain or a, I don't remember what, because in Ghana it's a little different. Yeah, but, I know. I was just yeah. giving you shit. That's why I didn't say captain, but. Sure, that's why. The boss. I couldn't think of it. That's why I didn't say captain. The boss guy. Here's the boss guy. Anyway, so she she's in his office and she notices that there's a door behind his desk that is slightly ajar. And he goes, Come through, we're gonna do the interview in there. Uh-oh.
2: Red flag, red flag. Uh-oh.
1: So he's the boss. So she goes in mm-hmm. and she, he basically tells her that she's going to have to do something in order to get the job. Nice.
3: Casting cow. And
1: she tells him to piss off. Good for her. Yeah. And she leaves. Well, of course he makes up some story about, her being this terrible person and whatnot, and she ends up getting fired. Which totally sucks. But she still decides that she's going to work on this missing persons case anyway. I think she got fired, and she's going to be a private investigator. That's what it is. So she decides to take on this missing person case. And in the meantime, the story kind of pivots to another section where this... Older gentleman is having... You find out that he worked in the Peace Corps when he was younger. And he met this woman from Ghana. And they fell in love and got married. And they were so happy. And they're just one of those couples that was just blissfully happy. And they had a son. Well, she got cancer. And she died. And he finds comfort through the internet. Where he finds this community of people that are you know gone in because he like feels drawn to that culture and he misses his wife so much so he ends up starting to talk to this
2: woman i feel like you're using that i don't like way you said woman right just
1: <laughs> stay with me okay <laughs>
2: I'm with you, Keith. I was like, nope, there's an undertone there. Yeah,
1: it talks of this woman who, she is a widow, and she has um, a family member who gets in a terrible accident, and they don't have money to pay for the hospital, so he starts sending money. Mm, Red flag number two. So his son then finds out about it and says, I can't believe you're doing this, Dad. And before he can really do too much about it, the dad gets on a plane and goes to Ghana.
3: Mm-mm.
2: Red flag, three strikes,
1: you yes. <laughs> so, really, the book is mostly about this missing man. His name is George Tilson. And uh, George's son hires a private in- investigator in the U.S. to find him. So those, so Emma, who is the girl who got fired from the police, works with this private investigator to try to find out what happened. And it was, I really liked it because it shows you the inside of the Sakwa boys who basically are scam artists who work with these fetish priests to like get their power and they learn how to scam people. That's what they do.
0: Hmm.
1: But they have to do all these, you know, fetish priest type things where, you know, you have to go do this over here so you can gain more power. And it's just really, the culture is really interesting. The setting was interesting. I've read a lot of the stuff on Goodreads after the fact and some people thought it was very slow. But I personally liked it because I liked the characters, but also because I knew it was going to be a series. And I liked Emma as the main character, and I liked those balls on that girl. The way she did not let that happen, because it was obvious that he'd been doing it for a long time. He was a big, powerful guy, and she stood up to him, and the fact that she did that, I was totally all in at that point. I'm like, I'm following this girl anywhere. I think she's going to be a fantastic character. And so... You know, there were problems with the story here and there, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I love a good mystery novel, and I definitely will be reading the next Emma John, D-G-A-N, investigation, number one. Emma John, De john Anyway, that was called The Missing American by Quay Quarty, and I apologize if I messed up your name I just don't remember what the pronunciation was.
3: You haven't done a detective book in a while. I know. And I read them every week.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love detective novels. It's just that 90% of the time I'm already in the series and I don't want to review because. You
2: get all mixed up.
1: Well, I don't get mixed up. (laughs) It's just that. People, There are so many people who wag, wag their finger at me for reviewing something that's in the middle of a series, even though the cases are all different.
0: Right. They could be mm. standalone. Right.
1: And, and people get cross if I recommend a book that's in the middle of a series. Guess what? It's your podcast. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I know I can. And every once in a while, I do one that really deserves a standout
2: look. Hell, I think my third week, I did the last book in a series. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but some pe- some people that's just their thing. Like you have to go because you know you're convinced that you'll miss something. Like,
2: well, and if they all connect, like if you tried to review like the fourth Harry Potter book, then like yeah, that right. wouldn't make sense. But right. if you can like, but with detective <laughs> yeah. novels, they're, each case
1: is different. It's yeah. the same detective, right. but they're different cases. Right, and yeah. you do get a little bit of background, but i But I would say probably, I would say most of the time. You don't really need to know that much about the detective in order to enjoy the story. I mean, if there's a good one, like Harry Bosch from uh, Michael Connelly's novels. I still like Hamish. And Hamish Macbeth from M.C. Beaton's Death of a... Death of a whatever. A whatever. Death of a salesman?
2: (laughs) No, wrong wrong. I think there was a
1: Death of a salesman. There might be one of those. Death of a witch, Death of a this and that. There's like... There's a ton of them. And I, yeah. I find them comforting because there is an ending. You, you still have the character there, but usually there's a resolution of the case of some kind.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So they just feel comfortable to me. I like going in knowing that they'll probably solve the case.
3: I will say though, right. with the Hamish Macbeth books, I went back and started from the first one because I wanted to find out when he got his cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he did. The, he had a wild cat.
3: Yeah, and I wanted to find out how he he got a wild cat. So I went to the beginning and read until he yeah, got his cat.
1: And, and there are a lot of mystery novels and. Uh, mystery series that I love and that I probably should revisit and do one every once in a while because there's some really good ones out there I keep hitting my nose on my microphone that's what happens when you have a substantial nose so shall we
3: wrap this bad boy up Mm -hmm. I'm sleepy
1: we need a bow though
3: what did we talk? All we talked about is Shilling, Should adventure. I go back to sing
1: singing Rocky Mountain High? Fuck no! no.
3: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh man! Hard stop. But it it has a double hard meaning stop. now. It it hard stop. <laughs> it does have a double <laughs> meaning now though. What Rocky, Rocky Mountain, Mountain
2: High?
1: Ah, oh, yeah, it does. No, the pot is, is legal there. Yeah, and it's interesting the the pot stores there are so cool. I actually handed out our card to some people in the pot store when we went through Yay! there. Did you in Boulder? Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So maybe we'll see some of those girls that were at. Don't ask me what the name of that place was because I can't remember. It was Natural Something.
3: You know, my mom's birthday was last month, and she's. A medical marijuana user, and has been for many, many years. (laughs) So I. (laughs) Strange. It's
1: only been legal here for a minute. (laughs) A couple of years, it's been legal, but boy, she's
3: she's she's grandfathered
1: in on that one. She was
3: grandfathered into that clause, and so for her birthday, I bought her. Okay, well, let me also explain. She has lymphoma, so she has to wear that like tension sleeves to keep the swelling down. So, and she's, she wanted to spice it up. So I bought her some pot leaf tension. That's awesome. And she wore it to go get her medical marijuana the other day at her (laughs) store that she goes to. And they loved it.
2: I feel like now she needs and like the pot sleeve and then like a tattoo sleeve. They like, well, I'm going to
3: get, get her some tattoo sleeves probably yeah. like for Christmas or something. But they loved it so much that they gave her a free t-shirt. Nice. <laughs>
1: hey, there you go. <laughs> Dylan has a place down here that he likes called Mary Jane's. Uh, Mary exactly, yes. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. in, in in Colorado it's very it's very much a part of the culture there now. Is it? Yeah. And it's very, I find it interesting from an ethnographical perspective. Anthropological. Did you see that? Did you see her yawn when
3: I said that long word? I,
2: I kind of, my one. eyes glazed <laughs> she's over like, as well. like,
3: oh, fuck off. Like she's
2: breaking oh.
1: out
3: the freaking $10 words. We're
1: going to uh, be here for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> anyway, please join us in Boulder. It's going to be so much fun. I'm getting so excited. I can barely stand it. I wonder if they'll be offended if we bring some penis cozies to give away. Because, you know, that is a favorite thing for our listeners. Penis cozies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Griner's just really wanting one of those. Does she crochets? Yeah, but it it wouldn't be the same. It's not your crochet. It's not not from Vonnie. Yeah, but she probably does a
3: better job than me. She's good at freaking everything. It's not a Vonnie penis cozy. She wants Vonnie's penis? <laughs> I'm embracing the man within. Yes. With yeah. my penis cozies. Yeah. I have to break out my crochet stuff I, and make I some. I think that
1: we should each do a little something something to give away. I know Megan makes book sleeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can do it. I make really strange jewelry
2: out of rocks. Mm-hmm. God
1: damn it. I keep hitting my nose on
2: that goddamn <laughs> microphone. I'll just help you out. I'll just... Is that what you uh-huh. took
3: your mic condom off because you kept hitting it with your nose?
2: I did. No, actually, I have to take it
1: off when I take it to work. I'm uh, like, gotcha. I'm going to go out live on location, selling cars and... Tell me what the hell's on sale at Homeland this yeah. week. So I'll, I'll make some weird rock jewelry to give away, but with some authentic Wyoming rocks. Maybe Ma- Megan will make a couple of book sleeves. Maybe Vonnie can crochet something. It doesn't have to be. You could penis do a gnome. Related. You could do a gnome hat, like you, could, you did at Christmas. You could do a gnome, like yeah. or, or, I still or have some jars book, at home or some yeah. bookmarks or you oh, know bookmarks. maybe something like that. Keith, do you make anything? I
0: make people happy with the joy that I bring that was a
1: great
0: fucking answer man (laughs) can we charge for that (laughs) oh crap i miss lavati said people might
1: stand
2: in line for that she said can we charge for that
1: she wanted to know if we if we could charge for that and if so how much
3: yeah for you bringing happiness how much do we charge for
2: that
0: is that code for something? Do you have an hourly rate? It depends, on, it depends on where the happiness is aimed. I don't know. is it Mr.
2: Keith coming on this trip? He might be upset.
3: Mr. Keith
0: might not want to share his
2: happiness with anybody.
3: Or maybe he can show somebody else some happiness.
2: No.
0: I don't share. Oh, there's no sharing. Lucky. He does share food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that
1: note, that's going to do it for three, three book, book girls. girls.
0: Can't get off of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook.